John chapter 4. So um, in our society today, we look around and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, we've been on a downward slope as far as our society knowing the Bible and knowing things about Christ. And I read here recently where this, I think it's Gen Z is the latest generation. Am I right, Alan? Okay. That they are considered to be biblically illiterate, that they don't know anything about Scripture or very little. And so, you know, when we look at how, how do we reach a, a generation? Because in the past, we've always had a little bit of, of commonality in that people kind of understood the basics of the Bible. They, they knew what the Ten Commandments were. They may not know them all exactly, but they knew what they were. They knew some of the biblical stories, David and Goliath, um, Noah's Ark, the flood, those types of things. But today, that generation, they may have heard these things, but they've never really been taught these things and what they mean. So as we look at chapter 4 of John today, and he meets the woman at the well, but there's a process he walks this woman through that we can use in our evangelism today as, as we talk to people, any, anyone. So starting at, at uh, verse 4, and he had to pass through Samaria. <clears throat> so he came to the city of, of Samaria called Sychar, near the, the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being worried from his journey, was sitting thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this, this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become a, <clears throat> in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So Jesus had, they had been ministering um, and decided to go back to um, Galilee. And as they were going to leave Jerusalem and back in those days, you know, the Samaritans and, and the Jews did not get along. In fact, for a Jew to go through Samaria was not common practice. Not saying it didn't happen, but it was not common practice because if, if a Jew went through Samaria, they became ceremonially unclean. They couldn't go into the temple. They couldn't worship. So as they would travel um, back and forth, they would usually go well out of their way to avoid Samaria. They would go across the Jordan River and down and then back to Jerusalem, or they would go over to 
um, the Mediterranean Sea and follow the coastline down that way and then come back just to avoid this place. And it's a long history between the two, the two countries. The Samaritans used to be Jews. Um, they were captured, and now they were, they were intermarried with others. And, and they did worship. They did have um, the Old Testament scriptures. They, they did hold to the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. But they also mixed in... Uh, pagan ritual and pagan religions into that. So they weren't true Jews. They did have a temple um, on Mount Gerizim at one point, which we'll look at a little bit later in this verse. But that's where they worshiped. And so this woman, uh, it talks about Jesus and his disciples. They were traveling. Jesus was wearied and... He stays at the well while the the disciples go into town to get some food. The sixth hour um, in that time, it's it's about noon. Noonday um, is when when this is taking place. And a woman shows up with her water jugs to get water from the well. Even that's kind of unheard of for that day. That's not this woman going with the flow of culture. Women didn't go anywhere by themselves. They would always go in groups. They would go in groups early in the morning when it was cool or later in the evening when it was cooler to draw water from the well. So you have this woman who's alone at the well. We're going to find out why she's alone as we go through this. Jesus, being tired, thirsty, asked her for a drink of water. And the woman's response was, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. That's not common. Back in that time, as, as Regina had, had alluded to, um, men did not talk to women in public alone. Just didn't happen. A rabbi or a teacher would never talk to a woman alone without her husband or a family member being present with them. So Jesus is going against the flow, going against, you know, he's rocking the boat here a little bit. And then the fact that she's a Samaritan and Jews and Samaritans don't get along. And that's the point she, you know, kind of brings out. You being a Jew, me a Samaritan, why are you even talking to me? And Jesus says, you know, if you knew who it was who was talking to you, you would have asked me for a water, and I would have given you living water. So he's taking her need for physical water, the fact that she has to go to the well every, every day, and is, is saying, you know, I'm giving, I can give you water and you won't thirst anymore. Of course, Jesus is referring to her spiritual need, not her physical need here. And the woman's response when, when he said that he would give her water that would spring up to a well she, she says to him, sir, give me the, this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all this way to have here to draw. So she's still not seeing her need spiritually. Jesus is, is trying to show her that she has a spiritual need. He's relating it to something f- physical here. You know, that the fact that she's there during the day getting water, this and so 
Jesus says, go call your husband and come back, come here. And the, and the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and your people say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So Jesus, in trying to get this woman to understand that she does have a spiritual need, that she is a sinner in, in need of a Savior, you know, goes a little deeper now in confronting the sin that she, she has in her life. And he says, call your husband. I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you, you, that, that's correct. That, you've answered truly here. You know, she's been truthful. She doesn't currently have a husband. She's had five, and the man she's currently with isn't even her husband. And that's the sin that she has. And that's when we're out in the world today and we're talking with people, a lot of people are are at a place in their life where they don't realize that they need a sinner or that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. Eh. (laughs) That they need a sinner. No, no. you know, we, you have to, and, and if you think about the fact that, that they're biblically illiterate, that even makes it harder to get them to realize that they are a sinner because the Bible is the truth. The Bible is the truth that points to the fact that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And if they, they don't know that, they don't understand that, it's, you know, we have to get them to a point where they realize that they are a sinner in need of a savior, just as Jesus is walking this woman through this process. And I, and I like her response, you know, that here, here Jesus just told her about her, her husbands and everything. No conversation has taken place between them. And she responds that, man, I think you're a prophet. You know, you, you know things about me like the prophets would have. So he's moved up from not being greater than the father Abraham to now being a prophet, Jesus has. So she, she is now beginning to see a little bit of what Jesus is, is trying to get her to see in the fact that she has a sin in her life, that she needs a savior. And then she talks about how her people worship on the mountain. The Jews say that you need to worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks, but his worshiper, to be his worshipers, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So Jesus responds to her her question of worship that, you know, salvation is coming from the Jews, which he's pointing to himself in this, that the Messiah would come from the Jews, and that there's going to be a time 
which is the time we're in now where we worship Christ in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, so we have to worship in spirit and in truth. And then she, she talks about how the Messiah is going to come and all will be, you know, he will, he will give them insight into all things at that time. And Jesus responds to her, I who speak to you am he. And in the original Greek, it actually says, I who speak to you, I am he, which is the reference of I am. Oh, it's on that one. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> My version doesn't have that. I'm using the new, new, new American standard, by the way. So, um, so this woman is, is confronted with the fact that here's the Messiah standing in front of her. The Messiah has just told her that she is living in sin, that he is there now telling her, giving her the truth. And about this time, now it says at this point, the, the disciples came back. They, they had gone to town. They had gotten their food, and they, they had come back. And they saw Jesus talking to the woman and you know, began talking amongst, amongst themselves because they were amazed that he was talking to a woman. You know, so here, here you got these good Jewish boys coming back from buying food, and they see Jesus talking to a woman, which is unheard of for that day. And the woman is so excited about who Jesus is and what she has just heard, she leaves her water pots. That's why she was there, was to draw water. She leaves her water pots and runs to town to tell others about Jesus. And that's what we're to be doing as followers of Christ. We're to be telling others about Jesus. We should be that excited every day, that we should be telling others about Jesus. And these are the people, keep in mind, these are the people that, that ostracized this woman, and that's why she was out there at midday during the heat of the day to draw water, because she couldn't go along with the other women. They wouldn't let her come along with them because of her reputation and the sin that she, she was living in. And obviously, the men in the, in the community probably wouldn't talk to her, but she didn't care at this point. She was excited about Jesus. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. So as she told the men of the city that I think I found the Christ, this guy told me all the things I'd done in my life. So they decided to head out and check this out for themselves. And in the meantime, the disciples were there <clears throat> urging Christ to take some food. And Jesus's response was, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. When Jesus was here, his entire purpose was to do the will of God, to accomplish the work that God had sent him to earth to accomplish. And meeting this woman at the well, because at the very beginning of this, it says that he had to go through Samaria. That was a part of this purpose, to meet this woman, to talk to her, to share with her that he was the Messiah. And this is one of the first encounters 
with someone outside of the disciples where Jesus had shared the fact that he was the Messiah. <clears throat> and the disciples are sitting and, and the disciples knew who he was. They they had they had been following him. And yet they they were kind of, they were a little bit like this woman in not really knowing what that meant though. He's the Messiah. They they were they were in the more traditional sense of, of what the Messiah was going to be and what that meant is that he would be an earthly ruler who would rise up and free Israel from the bonds of the Romans and make it a great nation once again. That's where the disciples were at this point in, in, in their ministry with Christ, is they were still thinking in those terms. <clears throat> and Jesus is saying, I, you know, I'm here to do the will of the Father, and, and that's not it. You guys will figure, you know, we'll get to that later. You guys will figure that out as we go. I'm here to bring the love of, the love of God to a lost people, to reunite them with their God, to give them opportunity to be with God once again. Do you not say that there is four months and then comes the harvest, Behold, I say, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal. So now that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together, for in this case the saying is true, one sows and other reaps, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. So Jesus is, is addressing the disciples now to, hey, look up. And the picture you would have is, is the men of Sychar are now coming out of the city, and they're coming, and their robes probably would have, would, would have looked white. And in that time, during the heat of the day, they would flip up a little hood to protect their, their heads and to give them some cool, you know, to keep them a little cooler. So Jesus is saying, hey, look, the fields are white for harvest. Look at all these people coming. This woman has gone out and done some sowing for you guys. She has planted some seeds. We all should be out planting seeds, but we all don't always get to see or be there to see the fruit of that seed. Jesus is just asking us to be faithful in planting. And if you're, you're... fortunate enough to be there when God calls that person to salvation and get to be a part of that, what I would call the reaping, seeing the benefits of that, and then helping that person to grow in Christ, that's where we take place in the reaping. And Jesus is saying, you know, telling the disciples, hey, here's your opportunity, guys. Seeds have been planted. It's ripe. It's ready. Let's go harvest. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I had done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his words, and they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. <clears throat> we are to go.
Go out, be faithful in planting seeds. God is the one who's going to call people into themselves. Just as, you know, the woman, they believed what the woman was saying. They went to see Jesus. Jesus spoke to them. They, they said, now we believe not because of what you said, but because of what he has said. You know, we can give our testimonies. We can lead people to the Bible and allow them to read the Bible because that's the word of God. That's what's going to bring people to salvation. I can't do it. There's nothing I can say to anyone that's going to bring them to salvation. Only God can bring people to salvation. His word and the spirit working together will bring those people to salvation. As we look forward to the Rostys coming and entering into our ministry here, we have such an opportunity in Riverton now. The fields are white for harvest here. And are we going to be a church that joins in that harvest? Are we going to go out and plant seeds and help you know, reap? Or are we just going to go with the flow of what society wants us to do, which is nothing? They would rather that we just stay inside this building, that we have a Sunday sermon, and then when we go out into the world, we don't do anything with that. And that's not what God is calling us to do. God's purpose is still the same. We're to go into the world making disciples, seeking and saving the lost. Are we going to do that? Are we going to do that joyfully? Are we going to be excited like the woman at the well? when we talk to people about Jesus, or are we going to be, well, I know something about God. I'd really like to share it with you. Are you interested? Because most people are going to probably look at you and say, no, not interested in that. Thank you very much. <clears throat> God has, has gifted each of us as Christians. We, we receive a gift from the Holy Spirit. We're to use that gift to edify the body, and to do the will of God. We have all been called to this church at this time for that purpose. Are we willing to step forward and to use those gifts and to do that in Riverton, in Fremont County, and even just in edifying and building up one another in this body? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you... Um, for the woman at the well and, and just the picture that that paints, Father, of, of all of us who are, are sinners in need of a Savior, Lord, and that you came that we could have eternal life. Father, we just uh, thank you for the Rosties and their coming and <clears throat> just pray that you would uh, just continue to guide and direct and bless this church as we move forward and be faithful to what you've called us to do here in Riverton and that is to just share your gospel. Father, we just uh, give you thanks now for all that you do in Christ's name. Amen.